Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We are so glad you're with us. We're a Bible-based church from Ontario, Canada, and together we're on a mission to reach people far from Christ and see them become devoted followers of Him. Leveling up is easy. Well, until it isn't. Have you ever found yourself running into the same issue over and over and over again? In time, you might be tempted to throw in the towel and stay where you are. But guess what? There's hope. In today's message, we will learn how to face our boss battle and come out victorious. With that, let's turn over to Pastor Nate as he wraps up our Level Up series, Part 4, Boss Battle. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we're in the fourth and the final week of our message series entitled Level Up and I'm hoping to uh, finish strong. We've been, we've been talking about what it means to level up in our faith, in our love, in our generosity. And we've been asking the question, in what way is God impressing upon you? In what way is God putting his finger on you uh, to level up? And we, and we want to take steps, take small steps in his direction to go to the next level. One of the passages of scripture that we've been looking at through this series is uh, Philippians 3 verse 14. And Paul writes these words. He says, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says that God is calling us higher. He's calling us to new levels. He's calling us uh, towards uh, Christ-likeness. And so while we said in the previous weeks that God will love you, and he does love you exactly as you are, and he accepts where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. What he wants to do is call you higher. He wants to call you to be more loving, more generous, more like Christ, and he calls us to go higher. I really do believe that God has created something inside of every one of us that longs to level up. There's this thing in us that just gets excited when we progress. Uh, I realized this uh, when I was a little kid, the first time I played Nintendo and I was playing Mario Brothers and the first time I ran up those little stairs and jumped on that flag and I heard that music there was something inside me went yes I was made for this I just went to the next level and I got excited about that and I know you do too whenever you go to the next level something inside you goes yes I was I was made for this and so uh, there's this innate thing that God has placed in us he calls us higher again the upward call of God in Christ Jesus he's calling us higher one of the things though that we've we've been saying through this series that leveling up is hard. It's hard, but it's worth it. That that maybe in the beginning it's easy to progress, but at some point it becomes hard. At some point getting to the next level will require something of you. And sometimes we're just content to coast. And we don't want to coast. God is calling us higher. He's calling us to level up. And um you know what happened for me as a kid? I was leveling up through the levels of Mario, and then eventually I ran into a level that I couldn't beat. And uh, it was it was Bowser's castle, okay? And uh, Bowser's the, the last. I mean, he stole the princess, and you're trying to to get past him uh, in order to to complete the level, in order to ultimately complete the game. And I just couldn't. I, I kept losing my life, losing my life. Eventually, you get sent all the way back to level one, and you have to work your way through all the levels to get back there again. And then I lose my life, lose my life, all the way back to the beginning. And the game stopped being fun because I had reached a level that I could not complete. I reached a level that I couldn't get past. And today the title of my message is, is boss battle. Okay. And a boss battle is, it's literally the obstacle that seems impossible to overcome. And I think all of us have experienced this in our lives, whether it be in a relationship, there's this obstacle, there's this issue. Everybody's got issues. And in the relationship, there's this issue that keeps surfacing over and over and over again. And it just seems impossible. 
There's no way. Maybe you grew up and you struggled with fear growing up and, and all uh, fear, it impacts your, your, your relationships, it impacts your work and your career, it impacts your faith and trusting God. It just impacts everything. And you just feel like, I've tried battling this thing for so long and I can never beat it. And it just seems like this impossible thing that we cannot overcome. Now, here's what's really annoying is that we all have our boss battles. And maybe some of you are thinking right now, it's like, oh, I know what that is. There's this thing that I keep battling year over year, decade after decade, can't get past it. And what's most annoying is when somebody else just flies right through. I remember as a kid, there was this little guy next to me and he's like, here, let me try. And he takes the controller and the level that I've been trying and trying and trying, he just went right through it. No problem. And part of me was like hopeful. was like, oh, I guess it can be done. And then another part of me was just like, why is it so easy for him and so hard for me? And I think that something that's really important for us to know is that each and every one of us, we have our battles to fight. And, and like I've been saying through this series, progress is personal and so is your boss battle. You're not going to have the same fight to fight that someone else does. And, and again, I, take fear. We just use that as an example. Uh, if fear is your issue, and then somebody else comes along and go, oh, that's no big deal. Just trust God. Oh, I do it all the time. It looks like this. And they just walk right through the situation that terrifies you. You might look at that situation like, how could they overcome my boss battle so easily? And the truth is, they probably have a different boss battle. Maybe theirs is pride, right? Or you say, oh, I just struggle with alcoholism. And someone says, oh, that's easy. Just put it away. No big deal. Stop drinking but they might struggle with workaholism or some other ism. The point is we all have our battle to fight and what we don't want to do is compare our weakness to someone's strength or our strength to someone's weakness. I want to be the kind of church community where we actually come around each other and say, how can I, how can I stand behind you as you fight your battle? Because you're not going to be helped if I fight your battle for you, but if I can support you so that you can get through your boss battle. That's what we, that's what we want to do. And ultimately... At some point or other, when we face the same thing over and over again, our boss battle, at some point we got to make a decision. Are we going to run from the situation, the person, the issue, or are we going to battle through? And that's really the question that each one of us has to wrestle. Am I going to ignore it? Am I going to run from it? Am I going to try to pretend it's not there? Or am I going to do the work to, to battle through? Okay. And uh, so what I want to do today is we're going to turn to Genesis and I'll actually invite you to, to, you can open your Bible to Genesis 32. But before we read this story about Jacob that we're going to be looking at, uh, I want to give you some backstory that will help you to understand. So God comes to a man named Abraham and he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you the father of nations. Through you, the whole world's going to be blessed. Abraham and his wife eventually have a miracle baby. His name is Isaac. Now, Isaac, his wife, is having trouble getting pregnant for many years. Eventually, she gets pregnant. It's a miracle. And in her womb are twins, all right? Some of you know what that's like, twins. She got two children in her womb, and Genesis 25 tells us something really interesting. It says, the children struggled together within her, and she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? So in other words, these two boys are in her womb. They're not even born yet, and they're already at each other's throats. They are fighting for position. There's a war going inside her womb. And she's like, God, why? And God answers her and says, there are two nations in your womb. Two nations will come from your two sons. And he says, the older will serve the younger. That's unusual. In those days, the older child got the the blessing. The older child took the family name, the heritage, not the younger. And God says, and actually the younger is going to surpass the 
older. And then on the day of their birth, Esau is the firstborn. He comes out of the womb and we're told that his skin is dark. He's covered in hair. He ends up becoming a manly man, a hunter, a trapper, a warrior. And he comes out first. So he's the firstborn. But what happens is Jacob is the name they give to their second son. When he comes out of the womb, he's holding on to his older brother's heel. It's like, me first. You don't know you don't. He's fighting for that position. And so he's given the name Jacob, which in Hebrew actually means supplant or supplanter or heel grabber. That's what the name means. I know lots of Jacob's great name, but the name in the original uh, actually means supplanter, heel grabber, trickster. And so they give Jacob this name because of his birth and because of him fighting in the womb. So here's a a number of things. Uh, In the womb, we see Jacob fighting for position with his brother Esau. He's grabbing the heel at birth. Next, what happens if you've ever read this story? Esau is out hunting and he comes in and he hasn't eaten. He's starving. Okay. And Esau is an outdoorsy hunter guy, right? And uh, you could say Jacob's a little more indoorsy. Okay, so he's in there, he's cooking some lentil stew, and he's in there doing his thing, and his brother comes in starving and says, give me some of that stew. And he says, no problem, as long as you give me your birthright. Now, the birthright was typically given to the eldest, and the birthright uh, was uh, meant that the older son would carry the name, the legacy, care for the family, would also get twice as much of the inheritance. Uh, it was a very, very prominent identity. It was very important. And Esau actually trades his birthright for a bowl of stew. Whole nother sermon. You might think to yourself, why would anybody trade their future? Why would anyone trade their identity for a bowl of stew? But we do it all the time. We give up our God-given identity for momentary pleasure. Another sermon, okay? So he gives up his birthright, but he still wants the blessing, okay? And so when Isaac, their father, gets old, he's, he's blind, he's not, he can't see very well, and uh, Esau is concerned that his father might die, and he comes and says, I, Will you bless me? In case you die, I want to get your blessing. And, and Isaac says to Esau, he says, listen, go hunt me some game, make me some stew, bring it to me, and I'll bless you. And while Esau's off hunting, Jacob, the little trickster, and his mom come up with a plan, okay? Uh, he makes some stew. He puts on goat skins so he feels like his brother. He puts on his brother's clothes so he smells like his brother. And he comes to his near blind father, and he says, it's me, Esau. And his father says, uh, you don't sound like Esau, but you, you feel like him, you smell like him. And so uh, Isaac actually gives Esau's blessing to Jacob. <laughs> He's tricked him again. Now, as you might imagine, Esau is so furious, he wants to kill Jacob. And he won't do it right away, but as soon as his father dies, he's going to kill Jacob and take back everything that Jacob has stolen from underneath him. And so Jacob runs away. He goes off to his uncle Laban's, and there's all kinds of stories of Laban tricking Jacob, Jacob tricking Laban, all of this happens. Eventually, uh, what happens is, in Genesis uh, 31, verse 20, it says, and Jacob tricked Laban the Aramean. And Laban was his uncle, and uh, while Laban was off for three days shearing his sheep, Jacob collects his wives, collects all his kids, which, by the way, are Laban's daughters and Laban's grandchildren, And he takes all the sheep and goats and animals that were once Laban's. And he actually sneaks out and moves away while his uncle is gone. What a trickster. This is how Jacob rolls. He's running from one problem to the next. But there's there's an issue here. You can't outrun yourself. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but wherever you go, you're there. And there is no outrunning yourself. There's no outrunning your own issues. There's no outrunning your character. Okay? You can go to a new city. 
Same issues will turn up because you're there. You can get into a new relationship. Same issues will surface. You can try a fresh start, but the same issues will keep turning up. You cannot outrun yourself. And notice the battles that you refuse to fight today will ultimately have to be fought tomorrow. Here's what I mean. As, uh, as Jacob is, is leaving Laban and moving back towards his home, he finds out that his older brother Esau is coming for him with 400 men. All right, this is going to be a bad day. So he's actually running from his current problems right back into his previous problems that he did not address. Some, some people think that I like conflict. You know, As a leader, I'm, I'm often pretty quick to, to walk into difficult situations. And it's not that I like conflict. I'm just actually more worried about conflict delayed. Uh, if something's a little problem today, I'd rather deal with it than deal with a monster problem next month. And, and so, again, for many of us, we just want to avoid in re- instead of fighting, and we end up in trouble. So this is where I want to pick up the story, and we're going to look at Genesis chapter 32. Okay, so Jacob's left Laban. He's tricked him. He's heading back home. Esau is coming for him with soldiers. He's in a moment of decision. Here's what happens. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. Now, they're crossing over a body of water. In the Bible, whenever you're crossing a body of water, it often represents and symbolizes transition, which, by the way, is one of the reasons why uh, we get baptized in water. It symbolizes, it represents transition from death to life. Uh, he, this, this is me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Uh, I, it's no longer about me. It's about following Christ. And we mark our transition of following Jesus through the waters of baptism. So he crosses the river with his family. And he goes on to say he, he took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. So Jacob sends all of his possessions, his goats, his camels. He sends all of his family, his wives, his midwives, his uh, children. Everything goes across and he stays behind. And I love uh, what it says next, because everything that he valued and everything he's been clawing for his whole life, money, power, family, all the stuff, he sends it all across the river where his brother is coming for them. And it says, Jacob was left alone. What a scary verse. See, when we find ourselves alone, we're alone. And what do we do when we're alone. I'll tell you one thing you can't do. You can't, when you're alone, you can't blame your parents. You can't blame the culture. You can't blame your boss or uh, the government that's in power. Like at some point, all of us have to wrestle with ourselves. And that's what I want you to see today. We're going to see Jacob in his boss battle and he's not fighting Satan. And he's actually not even fighting his brother or his uncle, but he's in a wrestle with God. And he's going to wrestle with his character and who he is and who God has called him to be. This, is, this boss battle is actually not about the stuff out there, but the stuff that's going on in here and his relationship with God. And that's what we see. Jacob is left alone. And in this place of being alone, it says a man wrestled with him until the break of day. All night long, he wrestles with some guy. Some dude shows up. This is so weird, right? This dude shows up and, and, they're, and they're wrestling all night long. This is so strange to me. But Jacob, a guy who is constantly known for running away, is all of a sudden willing to wrestle through the night. And the reason why he's willing to fight on this occasion is because something of value is on the line. His family, his future, his everything is on the line. I I personally am not a fighter. Not really. I don't really like fighting. 
a good argument. I love, right? <laughs> Verbal sparring is fun. But I don't want to get punched in the nose. I don't want my hair pulled out. I don't want bruises and black eyes. I'm not a fighter. I'm going to avoid fights any chance I can. Unless someone is hurting my family, then I'm willing to fight because something valuable. Then you're going to see WWE, right? You're going to see the atomic leg drop. You're going to see the DDT and the full... It's all coming out, okay? Because because something of value, it's worth fighting for. And Jacob is willing to fight because everything is on the line. He is at a point of make or break. And unfortunately, so many of us need to get to that place before we're actually willing uh, to put up a fight, if you know what I'm talking about. So let's continue the story. He's wrestling all night long. And it says, when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob. In other words, you could say, when the man saw that Jacob was not going to give up. <laughs> He touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. So Jacob's wrestling. He's holding on to this dude. He touches his hip. Hip comes out of joint. So Jacob is, I mean, think about it. He's sweaty. He's bloody. He's dirty. His hip's out of joint. He's screaming in pain, but he will not let go. There's too much on the line. He's not going to lose this boss battle. Jacob is doing what I call last week, the ugly rep. And I, I, I mentioned this last week. When was the last time you were willing to wrestle with God? to actually allow God to address the stuff that's going on inside of you so that you could be different than you were before and that he could transform you so that you could come out of that situation victorious, okay? He's got so much on the line. He is wrestling. And then the man says this, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That's cool. Jacob obviously realizes at some point, maybe it was the magic hip trick, but he, he, he recognized at some point, this is no ordinary man. And he says, I'm not letting you go unless you bless me. Now, what I expect to come next would be something like this. What do you want? You want me to bless you? In what way? What do you want? And I would expect Jacob to say something like, you need to, you need to deal with my brother who's coming to kill me. You need to deal with my uncle Laban who's mad. You need to help me clean up this mess. But this is not at all what this man, who we discover later is God, actually says. He says to him, what is your name and he says my name is jacob now this is interesting to me because god is wrestling with jacob he doesn't say what do you want he says what is your name and he responds my name is jacob supplanter trickster right deceiver that this is who i am this is the identity that i've been living in but what we're going to discover next is god is actually not interested in changing jacob's situation he's actually uh, wanting to change Jacob, okay? I don't know about you, but I want God to change my situation, to fix the issues in my life, to help me win the, the battle that I think that I'm fighting. But in reality, God actually wants to change me and he wants to change you. That's what God wants to do. Look, if, if you're in financial debt and you say, God, if you could just get me out of debt, if you could just fix my financial situation, that would be an amazing miracle. But if he did and you don't change, Two years late, later, you're going to still be in debt. God could fix your relationship issue, but if you don't change, you're going to find yourself in the same place in the next relationship. No matter what happens, God wants to change us and not just our situation. And so here's what we find happens. He says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob. God's actually going to change his name from Jacob, which means supplanter, heel grabber. And he's going to name him Israel, which means he who wrestles with God. That's an awesome name. You're no longer going to be the trickster. You're now the guy who stands and fights. You're now the guy who wrestles with God and prevails. And he says, you have striven with God and men and have prevailed. Now, it's interesting to note a couple things. Number one, 
Jacob did not win the fight with God, but he survived it. He came out the other side and he was still standing. And sometimes the victory is not winning. The victory is just, I'm still standing when the dust settles. And some of you listening to me today, you've been through some things and the fact that you're still here and you're still standing and you still have a faith, uh, it means you have, you have overcome and you, you got through there. And this is exactly what happens with Jacob. He makes it through and he gets a new name and a new identity. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask me my name? right? God says, this isn't about me. This is actually about you. And there he blessed him. And so Jacob got what he was looking for, a blessing, a new identity. And so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. You know, sometimes we go through things in life, battles, struggles, and it can be any number of things. And it's only after the fact that we look back and we realize, man, I'm still standing and God was at work through all. I, was, I wasn't actually wrestling with that person or that thing. I was wrestling with God. God was doing work in me. And he's changed me through the boss battle. You, you with me? Jacob looks back and he understands that this wasn't just a man, that he had seen God and wrestled him. The sun uh, rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. I, I love the fact that uh, Jacob is now has a limp. And that limp... By the way, if you want to know if you've been through a boss battle, you probably have a limp. And Jacob is literally, for the rest of his life, I assume that he would be limping around. And that limp would be a reminder that he's not the same person that he was. It would be a reminder that I used to be a trickster. I used to be a deceiver. I used to be scratching and clawing my way to the top. And now I'm trusting God. Now I am no longer that guy. I'm now Israel, he who wrestles with God. I, I've leveled up. In my character, I'm not who I was before. And I believe that for each and every one of us, if we're willing to get alone and if we're willing to do business with God, He, He will wrestle with us. And there'll be some things in us that are causing the issues in our life and He'll wrestle them to the ground and we won't come out the same. We'll be different. And I want to show you this one passage as we wrap up in Genesis 33, verse 3 says, he himself, so this is Jacob, the same guy who sent his wife and kids across the river, so he's got his family between him and his angry brother. It says, he himself went on before them. Jacob, the man who's now walking with a limp, the man who's faced his boss battle, the man who's wrestled God, he comes out and now he's standing between his brother and his family. That's a different guy. He's walking out in front of them. And it says he goes before his family, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. And Jacob does find grace in his brother's eyes. But it's because he's a different man. And he's a different person because he's wrestled with God. He's a different person because he, he fought through the boss battle. And the boss battle had to do with him meeting God and changing uh, who he is. You know, today I want to kind of want to end with this idea that, you know, God really does want you and me to be victorious. We sing about it at church. You know, I'm going to see a victory and the battle is the Lord's and all of these things. And that's true. God will fight for us. He loves us. He protects us. All of those things. He goes before us, behind us. Yes, he'll fight for you, but he'll also fight with you. And I'm not talking about by your side. I mean, he'll fight with us. He'll engage us in the battle so that we become stronger. He'll fight with us, right? We'll wrestle with God so that he can change our character, so that he can change our hearts, and we can be strengthened 
and go out and be victorious in his name. So as we close up this series on leveling up, I really wanted to challenge each and every one of you. You know, if there's something in your life that you keep running into the same thing over and over and over again, you've been praying about it and you've been asking people for help, that's all wonderful. But I just want to encourage you today to just take a few moments to get along with God and begin the process of wrestling it through. You know, there's a lot of things that we need help from our, our friends, encouragement, and small group and all that stuff. But there are a few things, a few battles that need to be fought. And those battles are our boss battles. And we fight them with God by his spirit. And we engage with him in it. And we come out different than we were before. Hey, as we close this series, I'm going to pray for you. Before I do, if you're interested in getting baptized, we have a baptism service in two weeks on uh, the 25th of June. What an incredible opportunity for you to go public with your faith. Maybe getting baptized is one of those internal battles that you've been struggling with. And maybe your next step is to say, I need to, I need to take that next step. I need to do the internal work and, and take your next step of baptism. So if that's you, please let us know. We'd love to help you. Let me pray with you as we close out this day in this series. Father, thank you for every person listening, everyone who's been walking through this series so diligently, listening in and praying and challenging their own heart. And God, if there's something that you've impressed upon uh, each person listening, something that you're calling them to level up in, I pray, Lord, that they would acknowledge it. And perhaps, God, there's something there that they need to wrestle through with you. Maybe they need to do the ugly rep. Maybe they need to get alone. Maybe they need to take a step of action. And God, I pray that they would do that today. That like Jacob, their past does not have to be their future. And who who they were uh, last year, last month, uh, doesn't have to be who they are next month and in the future. And so, God, I pray for transformation. We understand, God, that you care more about us than our situation, that you don't want to just change our situation. You want to change us so we can be more like Christ, the upward call of God. That's our prayer. And so, God, would you meet each of us where we are in Jesus' name? Hey, that's it from us. Thank you so much for joining. Please stay connected with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Pathway Church PTBO. Hey, God is at work in this world, and we feel so blessed that we get to be a part of what he is doing. Have a great day wherever you're at, and we hope to see you soon.